Welcome to the Software and Technology Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Landon Jones. Augmented and virtual reality technology. That's only used in video games, right? Not even close. Here to talk to us about some of the ways businesses can use AR and VR tech are Brian Hong and Marwan Cody, CEO and CTO of Emosis. How are y'all doing today? Doing all right. Thank you. Doing very well. Thanks so much for coming on the show. The first thing that I wanted to ask you is just to get your take on what you think the public reaction to augmented reality or virtual reality technology has been. I think it's been improving a lot, especially in the past two years. Um, when we started, we actually started as a game studio, so you know, very simple back then, and we would always go out and exhibit our work to a lot of people at things like conventions, events, um, and the the reaction never really gets old. You know, virtual and augmented reality are one of those technologies that once someone tries it, they instantly get it. Like, there's no more need for explanation for the most part. One of the most common questions that we get while people are playing is uh, they ask things like, how do I turn around? And then <laughs> we would kind of chuckle and we say, uh, just literally turn around. So they do. And they're like, oh, my gosh. So I, I think um, VR, AR is one of those visually aesthetic and appealing technologies. And uh, once people try it out, they're like, there's, there's no going back. It's a completely different uh, medium for content. So. Um, and also, even on the business side, more businesses are, are starting to uh, see the potential for these technologies in their business. So things like training or uh, product marketing, brand engagement, things like that. So we think the uh, public reaction to this technology has been pretty good, and it's always improving. I have some experience with like VR and video games, but... Can you talk a little bit more about maybe the challenges that you face trying to get businesses to feel more comfortable using this tech? So one thing that businesses are kind of scared of uh, kind of right off the bat is they don't understand the tech completely um, and they don't understand what is required to run the tech. Uh, and so essentially, whenever we're talking with businesses, we're essentially showing them, hey, this is we're, we have to tell them what headset is best for their solution. Um, what is required to run their solution. So we have to walk through all of the technical uh, portions of that. And so that's what they're intimidated uh, uh, about on the technical side. Um, luckily for B2B and in terms of training and whatnot, it's a lot easier uh, to convince a business uh, to go forward with that since it's not uh, consumer-based. Um, so the like initial cost of a headset isn't as off-putting or anything like that. So the main thing is... Uh, is studies showing that this is actually something that helps uh, businesses in the first place, uh, having the right kind of tech. So they need to understand, you know, that they're not getting ripped off or anything and that they're getting the right uh, service. Uh, and so that's, that's really the big thing. They don't understand the technology at this point in time. And so that's something we'll see. Uh, we'll get better with time. Yeah. And I think that's a, pretty natural challenge. I mean, when you're working with high tech, I mean, it applies to other fields like AI, blockchain, and all of that. Uh, it's just when a field of technology is so different and so new, you know, consumers and businesses might not necessarily understand um, the constraints up front, uh, any of the parameters, challenges involved. So, you know, sometimes uh, we have to do a lot of content creation on our end or when we're talking to a business, 
uh, we have to give a lot of recommendation and, ex and explain why a particular solution might be a better fit for their business than another one. Uh, sometimes businesses will come up to us and they pitch their own ideas, can ask us to build it. Um, and before we actually like, you know, go all in on that, we, we do like listen to uh, their, what they're trying to build, what their businesses, their goals, their metrics. And then we help determine whether or not that's actually something that um, they should be investing time and money into because sometimes uh, there is a misunderstanding of the technology. So uh, especially from a technical standpoint, so education is probably a big barrier in the industry right now. And you would say that it's easier B2B than it is for consumers or not so much? For the time being, uh, if you want to make money in the VR world, B2B is the way to go. Um, it, it's very hard to sell VR to consumers at the moment because of the high entry cost. Though we will see that getting a lot better in the coming years um, with these standalone headsets like the Oculus Go coming out. So yeah, right now, uh, B2B is 100% the way to go. Yeah, and it's kind of looking at it from the perspective of achieving critical mass. I mean, sure, you can sell a VR game to consumers, no problem. I mean, the, there is a market. The only question is, is that market sufficiently large enough for you to survive as a business? Um, and keep in mind, you're only going to get a subset of that market. So um, we, we've seen that business uh, projects are a lot more viable from a business standpoint. That makes total sense to me. I'm also wondering what trends have you seen with businesses using AR and VR that um, would convince businesses to see the value in using this tech? I mean, this one's surprisingly pretty obvious. It's just the training is, is the big thing that businesses are using. And actually some huge businesses are using it in a lot of uh, different ways. Um, and so that's for, for virtual reality. Training is kind of the holy grail of B2B um, in that respect. Uh, and, and that's what we've seen for, from a lot of very similar businesses. We see like Walmart, KFC, just restaurants in general using training uh, to kind of ramp up uh, their, their new employees because it's a lot cheaper than having to fly them all the way over and, and have them go through that process of training when you can just do it through a VR simulation. And not only that, but like the Air Force and even in the medical industry, which we're, we're talking with right now, um, have a lot of these kind of projects uh, that are brewing up internally. Um, and so like, yeah, training, training is the big thing. That's, that's really where it's at. Yeah. Other examples, um, places like defense and manufacturing. I mean, um, well, like Marwan brought the Air Force, so uh, you can have training for pilots without taking up flight time, um, and also to so you can simulate training without having to uh, have a more experienced pilot instructor there to kind of guide you through the experience. Uh, it's also a lot safer, way more scalable because you just need a headset most of the time to do it. Um, and another great thing about it is that. Uh, depending on what organization you're at, you know, you can even add a twist to it. You can do things like uh, you can incorporate your culture into training. You know, if you're at a entertainment place, you can uh, kind of gamify the experience, make it fun. And when you engage your employees better, you're probably going to find that you'll have better retention uh, and a better return on investment from your employees. Um, even things as simple as people skills like sales and customer service, just the applications are all over the place. Marwan, I think you mentioned that Walmart is using some of this tech to train employees. 
I read this article um, about a simulation that they were doing to take employees through, I guess it was like a hectic Black Friday schedule. Is that what you were talking about? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, the thing is, you can make whatever situation you want in VR, um, which is just incredible. You know, you can't really do it in real life. And so that opens up a whole entire new avenue for businesses. It's not just the ease of use um, and, and making it cheaper and whatnot. It's like it really opens up so many new windows and, and ways to look at training in the first place. And so that's one of the incredible things. And I, th I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of this in the future. That, that's kind of one of the powerful parts of VR training is that, for example, you can have a, an instructor talk to, talk to a, an employee in training. And, you know, they can walk you through, hey, if you see this happen, you're supposed to do this, which, you know, it, it might work to an extent, but it's nowhere as effective as you actually being immersed and seeing that experience happen right in front of you and being given a chance to respond to it. For example, for a retail store, you can have an example where, okay, it's Black Friday and there's one TV left and two people are running to it and they're starting a fight because they want that one TV that's like 75% off. What do you do? Things like that, that um, that manual traditional training isn't necessarily the best uh, for you to handle that. Um, there's, there's some things that um, are best trained with simulations. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, this is pretty obvious, but I think that it's worth restating for our listeners. If you make a mistake in this simulation, then you're not actually making a mistake that's going to anger customers or hurt the business so it seems like a win-win to me. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Maybe this is a hard question, but what is the price barrier for getting involved with this if you're a business owner? It really depends uh, on the scale. The big difference between like the two kind of headsets is um, so six degrees of freedom headsets, uh, like the HTC Vive and the Oculus Rift that are not standalone. Uh, these require really hefty computer systems to be able to run them. So those are going to run you at least fifteen hundred dollars, um, maybe a little bit cheaper if you if you can pull it off, but at least fifteen hundred dollars in most cases. Um, and, and you know that's where you got your hands tracked, where you can uh, track your entire body if you uh, if you add the right sensors. Um, so that's kind of what you're looking for at the higher end systems and that's per system. So if you want to have, if you're a business that wants to have 10 of these, you know, multiply that number by 10. That's, that's for the more complex simulations. If you're looking at something more just for the 3d aspect, so you can look around. So three degrees of freedom, no tra positional tracking or anything like that. Uh, there's actually a really, really low entry barrier now. Um, and that's really uh, kind of put into place by Facebook and Oculus by releasing the uh, Oculus Go, which is a completely standalone headset. So you don't need a computer to run it. Um, the computer is completely built in. It's completely wireless. So that's, that's really great. Um, another thing is, uh, apart from just the hardware costs, is the actual software to create uh, that the, the businesses want us to create for them. And a lot of them don't realize how expensive it is to create all the 3D art and make it very pretty and scalable and have all that code in there. Uh, and especially when you start tagging on things like full positional body tracking, you know, that's when it gets really expensive. And so for things like that, uh, the price is going to go way up on the software side. Um, and a lot of businesses, uh, a lot of uh, really big studios will charge a minimum of seventy-five thousand dollars just for simple simulations. You know, 
Um, and, and we're happy to say that like we're, we're willing to go down on those prices um, a lot of the times. So right now it is a little bit more for the bigger businesses that are willing to drop, you know, 30, 50, 100K plus on, on, these, uh, on the software side. So it's really more this developing the software that's going to be more expensive than the, the actual hardware for the business. Yeah, in general, we, we recognize the, the costs, um, especially on the software end, because that's what we're specializing in for the business. Um, but, you know, again, we started our company because we just really see the potential of virtual reality, uh, you know, to revol revolutionize things like uh, user interactions uh, and engagement. So it's really in our personal interest to see as many projects uh, succeed as possible. So, you know, we, while it is, we do have to survive and operate as a business, uh, we do try our best to work with others uh, and make sure that, you know, the, whatever solutions we build out are as budget friendly as we can make it for the businesses. And our clients so far have really appreciated that. Do you see the price changing anytime soon? In terms of hardware, yes. Um, software is always going to be a bit pricey to to create because um, you know you're taking a bunch of talented engineers and having them spend multiple hours a week. So the software costs are probably going to be about the same for for a while, but uh, the hardware is going to go down significantly, like crazy, crazy down. That's good to hear. Can you tell me? Um maybe just some personal success stories um, that you've had working with businesses using VR and AR? So one client we're, we're working with is um, using it for physical therapy. Um, so, and, and we've been talking to other clients about very similar things. So essentially using it to put you in situations uh, that you normally wouldn't be able to experience in the real world and track real-time data. So for one of our uh, clients, we created a, a full body tracking system uh, where you get to kick balls in VR. And um, it, it really added a gamification to uh, just the process of using your legs because um, these people had injured legs. Um, and so they got the chance to use their legs in a much more fun situation rather than to just do stretches over and over and over again. We made it uh, intentionally serene, like a very peaceful environment, just considering the, the demographic, the end users, you know, they're probably uh, in physical therapy clinics, they might be in a fragile physical state or even mental state. So we wanted to be as peaceful as possible, yet also uh, entertaining. So you're in this you're in the Zen garden and you have these volleyballs come up and you have these wooden targets popping in the distance. And uh, your goal is to simply just kick the balls and hit as many targets as possible. You could hit multiple targets at once. So that would result in a combo. Um, and there are multiple levels involved too. The, the great thing about that project is uh, we're able to track uh, every bit of movement. So, and then we export this to a file and uh, our client could read, hey, did the, uh, did the user use their leg a little bit more this time? Did they get uh, more balls in the net this time? Did they exert their leg with this acceleration this time? Because those trackers are very precise. They'll track all of that movement. Uh, and so that's, that's awesome. Like you, you, it's really hard to do that with other technology. Yeah, so tracking the data, uh, that's a good point. That's, that was a, a very a valuable feature because in a lot of businesses, you know, they, they always want data analytics. So uh, with each patient that plays this one in particular, 
uh, we can track certain metrics, you know, angular velocity, and we export out so the clinics can keep track of it over time uh, and see how they improve. A really cool feature, this is probably my favorite feature actually of this, um, is that um, when your legs are injured, you might not be able to uh, move your leg as much as you may want to at first. You know, it might be pretty limited. So uh, we had this feature, um, it's basically movement amplification. So basically it's a slider. For example, if you move your real leg by 10 degrees, you'll actually see your leg in VR move by say 20 degrees. So in effect, you're seeing yourself move more than you actually can. And, you know, inside your mind, you're cognitively you're like, oh my God, I can actually do it. Like that is one example where using VR in the medical industry can like help like by an order of magnitude because it's just, it, it makes recovery so much more fun, you know? And that's not something that people look at as a fun activity to begin with. Um, and so that is, we're seeing that a lot, just seeing it being used in the medical industry in general. Um, because, you know, you can track your entire body in VR. Yeah. And that's, that's not really something you've been able to do in the past. You know, all the VR and AR projects we've done so far, it's pretty hard to compare uh, one to another, you know, it's just especially in terms of success. Um, but that's kind of the beauty of it. It's just each project in this field, it, it's a pretty creative field for, for a field of technology. So each project is just so different. There's so many different technical challenges uh, and different things we're doing. So um, it, it's it's really cool. Uh, we we like we like the the work that we do. It's just we get exposed to so many different businesses and applications. So it's very exciting. You're making me feel like I got into the wrong field. Yeah, I mean it is a really young industry, so uh, you see it just being used in so many different ways because um, people are experimenting with it. Uh, and that is just an awesome experience to be able to go along for the ride. It has grown very quickly too, by the way. I mean, when we started, it was in late 2016 and, you know, kind of around that time and maybe early 2017, it was, it was a lot more uh, unsure than it is now just because we felt that VR and AR were still kind of on the fence. We weren't sure what adoption would look like. Uh, we weren't sure where the technology was headed and whether the markets would adapt to it better eventually. But, you know, we, we kind of decided to hang on to it anyway, uh, the best we can. And we found that the business grew over time. Uh, and we've seen more and more businesses and people start talking about VR and AR. So we feel that it's on a pretty good trajectory right now. We're really excited to be one of the first uh, to ride out the wave. And I'm really excited you came on the podcast today to share some of that knowledge with us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks, Landon. And thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can go to marketscale.com backslash industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. I'm your host, Landon Jones. Until next time.